Welcome to Swift Unwrapped, a weekly podcast about the Swift programming language and other projects at Swift.org. I'm Jesse Squires. And I'm JP Samard. And today we'd like to thank our sponsor, Instabug. Instabug is the simplest, but it's the most comprehensive bug reporting and in app feedback SDK. Uh, you should really try them out. We use them over at Lyft, and it's uh, really helpful to use. Um, so, for example, if you've ever built an app and you've had trouble getting uh, accurate feedback from your app, app testers, if you've had uh, an inconsistent beta testing process, or if you've just wasted a lot of time debugging and trying to pin down how issues are happening instead of developing, then Instabug is a really helpful tool because they pair in-app feedback with a number of automatically detected um, pieces of data that you can then tie back to that piece of feedback. So it really combines both the automatic and the manual parts of the feedback so that you get all of that context all in one. It's just a single line of code if you want to integrate the SDK. Uh, and they have over 20,000 companies that rely on Instabug. Uh, so Lyft is one of them, eBay, T-Mobile. Uh, they have a free plan, so you should really uh, have no excuse to get started. Uh, you should check them out. If you uh, sign up now, you can enter promo code UNWRAPPED2018 for a 20% discount on all the plans. Thanks to Instabug for sponsoring this episode. Uh, today, we're going to talk about uh, everyone's favorite, uh, optionals, and implicitly unwrapped optionals, or uh, IUOs. IUOs. Uh, not as fun as IOUs. <laughs> right. Um, crashier, sometimes. Um, a little bit dangerous, edge casey in some ways, or it used to be edge caseier, and now it's uh, less edge casey. Yeah, and a lot... I think easier for uh, users. Yeah, so there's a uh, blog post on the uh, the Swift.org blog uh, about this new feature, which has landed. Um, it's been in progress for a while. I mean, it was. I mean, this was uh, originally like the the changes um, to remove the implicitly unwrapped optional type. Um, that was back in like the Swift 3 era. It was Proposal 54, and we're over 200 now for the proposals. So um, these ideas have been around for a while, and it's nice that they're finally, um, you know, there are many different steps to this proposal as well. Some were done incrementally. Um, so it's really cool to see this finally kind of coming together and landing um, in Swift uh, every aspect of this proposal. Right. Now, uh, the gist of it is that implicitly unwrapped optional used to be a type, and now it's no longer a type. Yeah. Used to be, yeah, an explicit type. So you have like optional int, like spelling out optional, you know, angle bracket int, and then implicitly unwrapped optional angle bracket int right. or whatever type you have. And that caused uh, lots of weird issues or just inconsistencies or kind of user unfriendliness um, uh, and behavior that was didn't really fit with Swift's uh, safety paradigms. 
Um, yeah. In some ways. Yeah, and, and you s- certainly still have ways in which the, you know, your program can trap if you use um, this new implementation of implicitly unwrapped optionals. But um, the mental model is a little bit more consistent, where now implicitly unwrapped optional is no longer type. It's rather um, actually just an optional type with a flag that says that tells the compiler to uh, implicitly unwrap it uh, in in some cases, in, in most cases, actually. Yeah, I think it makes a lot more sense uh, in that mental model, but also, like, if I were to sit down and, like, write a type myself rather than having, like, these two specific types, I think it makes a lot of sense just to have this flag, this kind of, like, property on a type that yep. specifies that it will behave in a slightly different way. Right, and even to the point where now if you um, if you reassign an IUO to a new variable using type inference, that new variable will be of type optional. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest like user-facing changes, and I ran into this a lot uh, recently, um, mostly bridging from Objective-C, where uh, there's actually this specific case. I was refactoring some code. So there's this value passed to a function. It's an objective C type, you know, my type dot property, which was uh, implicitly unwrapped because of the bridging. Um, but I wanted to pull that out to a local var and then pass that local var to um, the Swift function. But then type inference inferred that local var as an optional, I think it was a string, um, rather. So before it just worked um, because that implicitly unwrapped optional was being passed directly to the function. Once it's pulled out to that local variable, then it's inferred as an optional type, in which case you have to either unwrap it or do a guard let or if let or whatever. Right, so there's definitely some source compatibility um, changes here that you'll have to do. Yeah, pretty minor, but it's actually, that actually makes the very specific like case of interop is much nicer because then you're forced to like realize, well, if you do it this way, uh, like what I just said with having those local variables, then uh, you have less of a risk of accidentally passing nil to your Swift code. Right. Um, which can be a, a painful source of bugs. But if you're using um, the the method call or the property access directly, then y- nothing changes. Uh, you still yeah. retain the original implicit unwrapped behavior. So this is actually kind of a, a funny inconsistency, though, that this introduces, is that I think this is the... The only place in Swift where uh, simply breaking out uh, an expression into a local variable mm-hmm. uh, changes its type. Yeah. But, well, kind of. It doesn't it, change its type. Yeah. Uh, it changes, it, there's more changes than just like replacing the expression with a new variable name in, in your call site string. Yeah, yeah. You now sometimes will have to add a question mark. Right. Yeah, so it changes how that type is inferred, right? Yeah. But you could also, like, 
when you declare that local variable, you could say, you could give it a type annotation. You could say string bang, and then everything worked for sure, like it did before. Or you can like actually say, you know, let x equal whatever this value is, and then have the exclamation mark after that to force it to be still like this implicitly unwrapped yeah. optional. Yeah. And an interesting kind of knock-on effect here is when you're dealing with double optionals or previously if you had um, a, a chained IUO uh, that was chained on, on an optional parent, mm -hmm. right? And uh, if you're unwrapping or um, uh, performing variable, bi variable binding in an if-let, um, you now might need to add an additional bind in that if let, yeah, uh, in order to double unwrap this double optional, mm -hmm. which is generally something that's that's uh, ugly to do, whether you have an IUO or a plain optional. Right, right. I think you know this might be frustrating in cases where you do know that this thing won't be nil, and that's why you're using the uh, the force unwrapping operator, but uh, it is helpful in cases where um, it, you can't actually guarantee that. And so now you have to uh, go through the steps to safely unwrap, you know? Yeah, but that, that's why this, uh, this exists, right? right? And if you want, if there's, if you're not guaranteed for it to be, a, for there to be a value at, at uh, read time, then don't use it. Right. Yeah, but you know, uh, I'm sure it is often misused. Oh, for sure. Uh, so what else does this affect? Uh, this also affects um, uh, some uh, type declarations. So you used to be able to um, define a closure that would either take in uh, or return implicitly unwrapped optionals. And I actually used to do this um, in SourceKitten, which dynamically links using DYLD and, and DLopen, uh, libclang, and SourceKitD. Mm -hmm. And so what I was doing is I was, I was creating a bunch of closures that mapped to the resolved symbol, the dynamically resolved symbols in those libraries. Mm -hmm. And since those are C APIs um, uh, and can sometimes you know, return... Uh, well, actually, there's there's no way to specify that it what the nullability attributes are there, mm -hmm. and so I just specified uh, an implicitly unwrapped um, optional for like some of the return values or some of the parameter values, even though I knew that those could never be nil, mm -hmm. um, and I needed to have I needed to have those those exclamation marks because otherwise um, the the types don't align. Uh, uh, right where it'll say like, um, you know, there's there's a type mismatch with, um, the, the mangled name that you were trying to refer to. I see. And so, I needed I wanted to use those exclamation marks to not have to unwrap everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just had to change that. Actually, it was flagged by by Mark Lacey who discovered it via the uh, source compatibility suite. Mm. Uh, so it works. Nice. The system yeah. works. Right. Um, and so I just went ahead and changed those, changed all those to, to question marks, and now they're plain optionals, um, and it 
it's worse, <laughs> yeah. but I can tell, you know, I, I understand why um, it was a worthwhile change nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So that means, so you can't use implicitly unwrapped optionals as function or closure um, inputs and return values. Correct. Yeah. Uh, there's also um, a change to how this is being, uh, how IUOs are um, bridged to nil, right? So uh, nil is bridgeable to NS null. And now um, when IUOs are uh, are bridged to, um, uh, to any object types mm-hmm. or any types rather, uh, then that'll bridge to NS null. Right. So if you have, um, I guess if you have an array of some optional type, let's say optional strings, and you bridge that back to objective C, anything that is dot sum will be uh, bridged to an NS string and anything that is dot none will bridge to NS null and that resulting objective C NS array. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, what was the behavior before? It um, wouldn't bridge to NSNL. It wouldn't? No. Okay. So this really just said this is bridging now. I see. It, it would just, uh, it would stay nil. I see. Ah, right. Rather than hitting a runtime failure. Correct. I see. So that would just fail. Uh, at runtime. Previously, yeah. yeah, previously it would fail at runtime and now it would produce an NSNL. I see, yeah, yeah. Which might be surprising in some programs, but... Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think I've ever encountered this, uh, at least not that often. Uh, I mean, if you have a lot of um, Objective-C runtime uh, interop, using Swift from... Uh, a, an Objective C library, or calling an Objective C library from Swift, uh, and if that Objective C library like did any sort of type checking, then then you probably saw this a lot, like mm-hmm. treating nil as NSNL. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I know Realm actually had to deal with that quite a bit. Interesting. Yeah, I tend to try to avoid having arrays of optional types. That's just me. I guess sometimes it's unavoidable. Uh, sometimes it's useful, but um, you know, this is where thinking of optional as an enum and perhaps labeling your enum better might be um, might be better for code maintainability. Sure. Right. Sure. So rather than use in, um, an an array of optionals, you like just make uh, a uh, a very small enum there where you semantically tag what it means to have a value or not a value. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Maybe initial state. And which is your dot none case, or right? Or like, like that. say you're trying to like remove in place an array. You know, you could have like a dot keep with an associated value of the element and a dot remove, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's a good idea. I mean, types are relatively cheap in Swift, so might as yeah. well use them. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, I think that's all we have for this episode. Pretty short, but uh, useful to to realize uh, this change and kind of wrap your head around this new mental model of how implicitly unwrapped optionals work now. 
Uh, you can find the show on, uh, on Twitter at Swift underscore Unwrapped. You can find me at Jesse underscore Squires. You can find me on Twitter at SimJP. And uh, if you like the show, please do leave a review on iTunes. And again, thanks to Instabug for sponsoring this episode. You can sign up now for a free plan and enter promo code UNWRAPPED2018 for a 20% discount on all their plans. Thanks for listening.